Yeah, it's just great to be here. And um, just following on from what Embo was saying, we had a we had a, a little health check-in as leaders this week. This week, <laughs> say this weekend. This week, um, just kind of finding out how how we're doing spiritually. I mean, pretty good question to ask <laughs> if you're leaders in a church. How are you doing spiritually? One would think. Uh, but you, we don't do it that often, hey? So it's something that we are going to be doing more frequently. Um, but just the question, like, how are you doing spiritually? It's a very daunting question. We don't really like to talk about it. Uh, and so we did. And it was really interesting just to hear how everyone, you know, we, we kind of all have lots of children and, and busy lives and jobs and, you know, just like all of you. Uh, and, yeah, to check in and go, How's your relationship with Jesus? Let's be honest. And to go, you know, we're all kind of working it out and trying to find time and what does this even mean? And uh, so Daniel, he won't mind me sharing this, but, you know, he said, well, his spiritual director told him one day um, in this discussion around how do I spend time with Jesus? Maybe you should, you know, journal. But when you journal, use the different color pens. Okay, uh, and choose a color for your, for your voice and then choose a color for God's. Very novel, very interesting. Um, and so, what color did he choose? It was like red for God. <laughs> anyway, we're not going to speak too much about that. Uh, but I thought, oh, I'm going to try that because, to be honest, I really struggle with just sitting down. I think I've got sort of ADHD uh, you know, post-30 ADHD, is that a thing? I don't know, probably. Yeah. Uh, and just kind of like sitting for 15 minutes and concentrating on something is a real challenge for me. <laughs> so anyway, so I thought I'm going to try the pen thing. <laughs> I didn't choose red for God, but uh, yeah, it shows blue and green because I thought it was really sort of earthly colors. Anyway, so uh, I'm, 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 I'm taking this time on Friday because we had our meeting on Thursday night. I'm going to do it Friday. I've got a sort of freer day. Uh, and I'm going to start my time with God. So I got, I was lying in my bed and I had my journal and my, my uh, pens out, my colored pens. And I wrote there, hello, Father. <laughs> and immediately I had these words, be still. Ooh, like, and that was the end of the conversation. And I tell you, I had such an experience with God, like just like feeling God's presence with me, like heart to heart with God, you know, almost that like, ooh, Mufasa, you know, this, the Lion King, like, oh, just having that experience with God, and yeah, I suppose, in, I, suppose, I suppose in a way, I want to kind of encourage all of us in this moment that a lot of stuff is happening, we've got, you know, if you've heard of the Asbury revival, um, that's a group of students gathered in at Asbury University, in Kentucky over a week ago and they haven't left basically and just a very simple having very simple times of worship and just devotion and just people spending time with God and yeah we can go oh that's the Americans you know <laughs> as we can say uh, but God is doing something where he's just bringing us he's turning the volume down on everything else and turning the volume up on his voice, and yeah. Sorry, that was a very roundabout way of saying, yeah, I think just pay attention, and I'm, in, I'm kind of just working it out and trying to spend um, a bit more time with God and, 
and uh, let him work in my heart. Awesome. Should we, should we have some stories? I love stories. Yeah, thank you, Father, just for um, time in your word. Um, thank you for your presence here today. And just be with us, Father, as we hear your voice. Who's been enjoying the series of, of John? We've been, we started at sort of John uh, chapter 1 and, and moving our way all the way through. We're in John 9 and 10. And um, I really, yeah, I enjoy these times every year. It's kind of a rhythm of the GVC church to, to kind of go through, take a chapter of scripture. And this is um, a biography of Jesus according to John. And, and we're at John 9 to 10. So there we were. Time had come. We'd been building up for this time for months. Our first time visiting America. Now I get it. Like I said, you guys have this thing about Americans. We'll all accept the Lincolns and our visitor over there. Welcome, Aaron. Um, but going to the Big Apple, come on. New York, baby. Skyscrapers, yellow taxi cabs, Central Park hot dogs on the street walks, that traffic, pizza dripping down your face, and the way that they say, coffee. Come on, coffee. It's the thing of dreams. I mean, you go there and it's just so surreal. You remember the TV programs, you've watched Friends, Fraser, Law and Order, that bridge in Central Park where everyone gets murdered? We didn't go there. Uh, <laughs> but nothing prepares you for America like the greeting you receive at JFK Airport in New York. We had received our online visas to go in. Lauren had her English passport, I had my Irish, so things were pretty smooth leading up to the trip. You didn't need to cross, uh, cover too many hurdles. And as we disembarked and proceeded to the line for the passport checks, we realized that this wasn't any old rodeo. Oh no, at every seven meters, there was a man decked out in full kit, brandishing what I can only describe as an AK-47 derivative. We knew them well in South Africa. We tried to keep our eyes to the floor, avoiding any eye contact with these Marines. Like sheep to the slaughter, we double, triple checked our passports, online visas, which we had printed in triplicates as we approached the interrogation chamber. Passport, please. I hand over the passports, hands quivering. Reason for visiting? Tourists. We were there for a church conference, so Christian tourism. We didn't lie. Where are you staying? I read the address of our New York Airbnb, which my American friend had booked for us in Carnarcy. Yes, it is a real place, and it's as bad as it sounds. The immigration agent looked me up and down as if to check if I was fit enough to enter the States and nodded us, stamped our passports and nodded us in the direction of the exit. I never realized the American dream was so closely guarded or what lens they will go to protect the dream. But let's be honest, we're kind of striving uh, for some type of American dream, or some watered-down version of it, aren't we? I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. There's the British equivalent, right? Come on. Part of my work is a wills and probate lawyer, and so I get to sit daily with people, people and have a little peek behind the curtain and see what kind of lives people are building, see what they're investing in. It's a real privileged position to be in. And you know what? No matter which client it is, it's pretty much the same picture. Every average middle-class family wants a house. I'm putting up my hand because I'm busy buying one at the moment. <laughs> Mortgage-free eventually by age 65 or so. A comfortable pension. 
roughly around the same age. A trip abroad every so often, maybe once a year. But not too long as we need to get back to walking the dog, looking after the grandkids, tending to the roses, whatever, whatever, whatever. Kids neatly tucked away in the university, perpetuating the said dream, a nice car, neat garden, right? Come on, let's be honest. Let's be honest with ourselves. I mean, yes, no. We'd rather have that very sensible life than one with too much daring and adventure. Not too much living on the edge. Okay, so we're going to do a very uh, GVC thing now. And we're going to get into groups of two or three people around you. And GVC people, this is your moment to grab visitors. And we are going to answer a very simple question or discuss a simple question. What does living the dream look like for you? Okay. What does your dream look like? How are we doing? No, no, we're not going to... Um, be able to share all of our heart streams in that two minutes. But hopefully it was enough time to kind of share a little bit, a couple of things. So let me hear from, let's hear from the audience. Let's hear the dream. A couple of ideas from anybody you'd like to share, like what, what's, what's, what's a dream for you or what's in the future that you'd like to see? Anybody at the back? Anybody be bold, Sarah? Yeah, okay. World peace, um, equality, no small dream, uh, Sarah. Thanks for starting us off on that one. But beautiful, thank you. Anybody else? Darren. Unlimited free travel anywhere in the world. Oh, yes, please. Unlimited free travel anywhere in the world. <laughs> Chloe. Work less and have more animals. I'm impressed. These are great dreams. Anybody else? I mean, listen, we're not going to be um, shaming anybody if you put up your hand and say, I just want a house with a nice white picket fence. <laughs> Lauren puts up her hand. I'm getting you one, babe. Okay. But anyway, I mean, let's be, for all intents and purpose, could we really say that there's anything wrong with some of these more, you know, sort of normal dreams? I mean, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying world peace is a normal dream. It's, that's noteworthy. Does Jesus not want us to have nice things? A stable life? Financial security? I don't know. I think so. Maybe not. However, when Jesus says in John 10, 10, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I'm not sure that Jesus had the middle class dream in mind. For one thing, this excludes half the world. As you know, I'm from South Africa, and we've got about 70% of the population is sitting well below the British breadline, like well below. They'd be, below, they'd be like sort of single-slice breadline, um, British breadline. No, I, I, th I think there must be more. I think there must be more to this. But what does this abundant and rich life that he speaks of actually mean? Who determines that? What does it look like? Where is this benchmark? Where is this... Blueprints. I mean, we've been searching the Bible for years for it, and we still haven't found it. I mean, we've tried, we've, there's some versions of it out there, the sort of bless me club, you know, the abundance, prosperity gospel. I mean, we've tried all these things on, and to be honest, they didn't really work. What is this rich and satisfying life? And I think that's the point. He doesn't tell us. There isn't one, perhaps. Dun, dun, dun. Change of tack. Have you ever seen 
a baby start to track on a parent's voice? Anybody? Maybe your own children. You start to talk like, ooh, and your baby goes, ooh. Have you, yeah, seen that? It's the cutest thing with all of our children. It was the most exciting thing, starting to see them track back on our voices. According to Yale University Baby School, and yes, that school exists, since the maternal voice is audible in utero, an infant starts to recognize their mother's voice from the third trimester. The voice that they hear is muffled and low, and they, and they can also hear their mother's heartbeat. Soon after birth, studies have shown that a baby will recognize their mother's voice and will expend great efforts to hear her voice better over unfamiliar female voices. I remember when our kids started to ooh and ah in their first months with the same intonation, the same pitch that we were making to them. It was the cutest thing. It's amazing how they're born so intelligent. You guys want to watch a video? I brought a video. You guys want to watch a video? I told Ben that I was going to show this video, and you can see he's gone to kids' church. <laughs> but anyway, can you play the video, please, buddy? there in some way. It's more embarrassing for me, really, when you listen to me. <laughs> but I don't know about you, but I yearn to hear my Father's voice. That is my earthly and my heavenly Father's voice. I haven't had the easiest relationship with my earthly dad. He wasn't uh, present for most of our lives. We've both come to terms with that, and we are on really good terms um, and are on regular contact. But no matter what the state of our relationship I yearn for him to say, I'm proud of you. Well done. You're doing well. He has told me this in latter years as he sees me raise my beautiful family and perhaps prioritize things differently to how he would. That's a circle of life, right? I have the privilege of a really hardworking and generous, gorgeous, loving mom over here who has been a great role model for us and she was present for all of our lives. Uh, but nothing is like your father's voice. It was exactly the same for Jesus. He was fully God, but also fully man. And with his flesh, his humanity, he got to experience the same yearning as a son for his father's approval. The scene is set early in the Gospels at his baptism, where John is baptizing Jesus in the Jordan. He goes into the water and he comes up to receive empowering of the Holy Spirit. In Luke 3.22, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. A voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. You see, whether we like to admit it or not, what we really want is our dad's approval. Like me, I know that this relationship sometimes is not an easy one. Perhaps it's strained, or maybe it's downright abusive. I'm sorry, that shouldn't have happened. However, whatever your situation might be, we do have a heavenly Father whose voice heals a, th a thousand wounds, who's my son, my daughter, whom I love with you, 
with whom I'm well pleased will release you into the abundant life. So back to John. John 10, Jesus is painting this picture of the relationship with the Father. He's, he's then painting the relationship he had with his disciples. And then his reflections are for us, his later disciples, to absorb and to embody. John 10, 14 says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. Now, we are not familiar with agricultural language of the Bible. It's foreign unless perhaps you're a farmer. But then even the sheep farming practices have come a long way. The life of a shepherd with his sheep was far different to today. Shepherds would live with their flocks in the fields and often were nomadic or at least would travel distances from their usual fields to go and graze their flocks. They would then return and find shelter within the safety of a walled and gated field. The shepherds would take turns in sleeping at that gate in order to protect the sheep, and the voices of the shepherds would be known by their sheep. The disciples and Jesus would be used to this language. It would be quite common. It was the language of the Torah, the Old Testament. We know Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. It's a, it would be common language. And where God was likened to a shepherd, the Messiah, to lead his sheep to the ultimate pasture. God speaks to them and us when he says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. But the problem was, you see, like us, the religious Jews had tried to reduce the life of God to some type of blueprint, a set of rules, a tidy idea or dream within which we measure our life of God with. I do this. God gives me this, right? I'm blessed by God. May I say, us like them may have got it wrong. It would appear that the abundant life with God requires two things, and it may seem obvious, to listen and to follow. We were born to track on our Father's voice. It's not as difficult as we think. We just kind of have to learn to pay attention and then to respond. As we follow, we learn to trust. We learn to lean on it a little bit. Sometimes against sensibility, against reason. Now, I wonder if you're in your groups of two or three, you could get together again. And here's the question. When have you heard or sensed God's voice? Or had what they call a serendipitous moment? A moment where we sense God's presence and in space and time, nature and art. Can we do that a couple of minutes, just in your groups of two or three? When did you experience God's voice? Now, don't worry. I'm not going to put you on the spot this time. But I have been eavesdropping. And I mean, it is, it is interesting because I suppose if we went around the room and asked everyone about their experience with God, it would be a broad spectrum of, you know, hearing God, sensing God, appreciating Him in creation, in art, having like a, you know, the serendipitous, oh, I'm in the right place at the right time, like meeting this person, um, whatever it might be. It's, it's very personal, isn't it? I mean, you can't say... If someone says, I've experienced God or I've heard God's voice, you can't argue with that, <laughs> really. I mean, who are you to argue with that? Um, 
I remember a time when this voice saved my life. I, I, was, I was young in the faith, and I'd become aware in my faith that God wanted to talk to me. I started to learn to notice things in my heart that were often weird impressions out of the blue. You know, like when you're driving and you're kind of in your nothing box? Come on, guys. Every, every guy needs to put up their hand, yeah? And you, and you, you, haven't, heard, you haven't heard of the nothing box? Oh, sorry, man. That must be like a South African thing. Uh, you know, it's just when you're just like... Does that, does that, does that give a picture of the thing? Yeah, that's the nothing box. Yeah, spaced, spaced, spaced out. There we go, spaced out. <laughs> love, you, love, you, love you, Pip. So when you're spaced out, I'll stop using that word now. Uh, when you're spaced out and you kind of just, where am I now? All of a sudden you start thinking about something or someone. Ever, anyone ever had that situation? Like you have these impressions, but it's not like, Oh, I need to go to Tesco's and buy some bread. Um, it's a little bit more, you know, kind of heartfelt. Um, sometimes I have them for business, weirdly enough. Uh, and I've learned to kind of share these feelings or at least pay attention to them. Anyways, I was driving my car after dropping off some young kids at youth, after our church's youth group. I just turned the corner in the road and was approaching the traffic lights to turn into the main road. I looked ahead. I looked ahead and the lights were green. And all of a sudden I got this strong impression to stop. Now, I'm not in the habit of stopping at green lights. I just want to mention that. But it was weird enough to have me stop. And as I did, I saw some car lights immediately to my right come hurtling across the intersection at about 70 miles an hour. He must have, going, he must have been going at, at such a speed that we would have, I would have been completely gone totaled, my car totaled, um, and undoubtedly I would have lost my life. Now, that was quite a unique experience, <laughs> and not all of my listening is this, listening to God is this clear and direct. Hey, I'm human. I've got issues. I've got sin. I, I battle to sit still, listen. Uh, the voice is dim. Sometimes it's silence. Uh, but that doesn't mean he isn't talking and he isn't showing up in different ways. I'm learning this sort of thing of being at one with him. Now, listening to God's voice doesn't mean that we don't get choices in these, for this abundant life. The Bible is full of situations where God gives lots of choices. He wants to give us good gifts. We're not robots. He wants to lead us in and out like the sheep of the, in, the, in his pasture to have safe pasture, but also guided to graze where our hearts uh, find nourishment in the hills and the valleys, to have that adventure where he's near, he's watching over us, he's listening, where we can respond and follow as he leads us into our own adventure. I really believe we can begin to see God's abundant life that Jesus has for us when we start hearing and feeling his voice of approval. We must receive it and it must saturate every fiber of our souls. We must hold the, his words, the words of well done, near to our hearts. When, if, when our friends reject us, you are my son. When calamity comes, whom I love. When the stock market falls, I am well pleased. When I'm feeling depressed, 
you are my daughter. When we lose our loved ones whom I love, when our work colleagues disown us with whom I am well pleased. If we could never doubt that voice again, no matter what this world would throw at us, then we would learn to trust it for each step of our lives, maybe even every day, that, when, that then we would become one with God. We're not waiting around for a better experience with God or an upgrade. It's the same God that's going to be with us till the end of the age. That's the one speaking to us right now. We could then hear for our friends, our neighbors, our colleagues, they would start to yearn for the same oneness, for the same well done from our Father that we live under. Imagine that world. We're all content. There's no greed. There's no shame. There's no wickedness. As we receive our love, I love yous and well dones. Now that's the world that I want to live in. To be one with the life with God. The rich and satisfying life that Jesus was talking about. Now we've got a couple of minutes. You guys want to have some fun? Okay, awesome. Ember, can I ask you to come up? I want you to relax. Don't worry, we're not um, playing any games. <laughs> Becca's like shaking her head in front, yeah? I wonder if you can close your eyes. What we're going to do um, is call the guided meditation. We've been speaking about the voice of God, about hearing the Father's voice. We've been chatting about the abundant and rich life that comes from following this voice. And I thought it would be cool for us to kind of, in this moment, kind of just sit back, relax. And I'm just going to share a couple of leading words to help us hear this voice, to see the Father. So just sit back, relax. Sometimes it helps just to picture a place. Maybe it's a comfy sofa in your living room that you usually sit on and enjoy time with your family, enjoy time with God. Maybe it's somewhere out in the nature. Maybe it's a field or a country walk that you often go on. Maybe it's on the beach. I love the beach. The waves just gently lapping on the shore. Anyway, go there in your mind. What I want you to do now is picture in your mind Jesus, Father, the Holy Spirit, any of them coming towards you. They can take any form. It might be a picture of Jesus, the rabbi in the Bible, or the God that spoke to Abraham. Maybe it's a cartoon character. <laughs> Maybe it's someone in a movie. Maybe it's your dad. doesn't matter. I want you just to look into his face. Just enjoy his presence. His quiet presence. His reassuring presence. 
is still presence. As you're looking into his eyes, I'd maybe just ask him something. Like me, it could be simple. Hello, Father. How are you? What do you think about me? Don't rush. There's no time limit. Just wait for him to respond. joy being in his presence just hang out don't worry if you not seeing or experiencing something just hang out just hold here for a little while sometimes you get the sense of just his peace in your heart. Maybe it's a well done. Maybe it's a simple, I love you.